Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Can you say amen if you believe that? And uh, today we are going to continue into uh, the last message in the Crossroad series the crossroad, and we talked about how a crossroad takes two roads. There's a main road, and in our context, it's been Jesus. And then there's another road that crosses, and we've looked at some of the people who've uh, crossed paths with Jesus. And today, we're going to look at what happened at the resurrection when the tomb was empty. But let me just fill you in on a little bit of the background before we get to our text. And so, When we backtrack a little bit to Jesus' burial, he was on the cross. And Friday, we had a wonderful Good Friday communion service here. And uh, and we took time to remember the sacrifice. Remember the price that Jesus paid for you and for me. And then, well, someone had to take care of putting him in the tomb. And so there was a man named Joseph of Arimathea. And he asked for Jesus' body. He went to Pilate and he said, can, can I take care of his body and bring him to the tomb? And you see, it was, it was a, a limited time because the next day, Saturday, was the Sabbath. And, and he couldn't do that. It was also the time of preparation because it was Passover. So they had very little time. So Joseph uh, went and he, he asked, can I, can I do this? And so... Uh, Pilate actually had some of the soldiers or guards go out and make sure Jesus was in fact already dead. And, and the Bible records that Pilate was actually surprised when he heard Jesus was already dead. Because we know, well, he suffered physically way before he ever was hung on the cross. And so his body was tired already. He was already dead. So he said, Joseph, no problem, go ahead. And uh, in John 19, it records that Joseph and a man named Nicodemus, uh, they're both there. And and Nicodemus brings 75 pounds of spices. And this was myrrh and different aloes mixed up. And they were going to, this was like the ointment for burial. But they had very little time. And so they also had this long cloth that they would use to wrap Jesus' body And just leading up to our text where we are this morning, um, we find, let's actually turn there, Mark chapter 15, would you stand with me? And we'll just start right there, two verses before, and I think we have it on the screen. And we're going to see Joseph is about to roll the stone in front of the tomb. So Mark chapter 15, and we'll begin reading at verse 46, about halfway through. And here's what it says, speaking about this Joseph. It says, Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. The entrance of what? Of the tomb. And verse 47 tells us, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, saw where Jesus' body was laid. So in essence, if you could envision what was going on, Joseph is rolling this big stone in front of the tomb. And they are looking and they're saying, this is where Jesus' body is laid. So chances are they would have seen this stone that Joseph was rolling to close off the tomb. And we're going to continue reading in chapter 16, verse 1 now. 
And it's a Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone? If you have a pen, underline that phrase. Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. And when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And the women were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, and he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. And verse 8 says, The women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for your word today. Lord, we already said it a whole bunch of times, but I'm going to say it again. Thank you for the resurrection of Jesus, for which we are so grateful, God, and how he defeated sin, death, hell, and the grave so that we could be set free from any bondage that would hold us down. And so, Father, I thank you today for that kind of power is available to every single person here through your Holy Spirit. I ask now that you would anoint my mind, my lips, and my heart that I would speak your word only in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. In verse 46 of chapter 15, we already established that it was Joseph and, and Nicodemus. Those two guys were there. But Joseph was the one who rolled this stone in front of the tomb to seal it. Now, they also would have sent guards Roman guards to guard this and it said that there were 16 of them 16 when they say a Roman guard this counts for 16 of them to watch over and to protect and if even one guard would have fallen asleep he would have been killed but not only him but all 16 because they were supposed to be on duty and on guard so the tomb yes it was there was a stone in front of it but there were guards also in front of it and it was not easy. And the reason being is they didn't want anyone walking away with that special body. They wanted to make sure that this Jesus that stirred things up in the world as they knew it, he, no one's going to take him out of there. But we know that something else was about to happen. Amen? And so uh, verse 1 tells us, though, that once the Sabbath was over, during the Sabbath, they could not handle the body they could not prepare for Passover either they, it was a day of rest by the way little side note today I mean in any Italians in the house my sabato is Saturday and, and it's obviously linked to the root word Sabbath I, I personally don't feel that it has to be your Saturday in the week but there should be a day in your week where you rest there should be a day where you take it easy and, and you just take time to recharge here. Uh, my, my doctor tells me, he's like, think of your car. If you drive and redline it the whole time, right? And that's how you just go about life. 
I mean, your car might be really fast, it might be really good, but that engine's not going to last too long. You'll burn out the engine, and we are no different. So there is a day of rest. So this was the Sabbath, and they couldn't do it. But verse 1 is telling us now, well, that day is coming to an end at sundown, and they were about to get ready for what was happening. And so the women that night, Saturday night, they go and they buy these spices. You see, though Joseph and Nicodemus were there, they kind of just did it quick enough to get, get by so the body wouldn't start smelling or decomposing already so that they can continue the work later. Now, these women have a plan of their own. Three women. We baptized three women today. And, and so they go and they buy their spices. They're getting ready. And they are Salome. She's the wife of Zebedee, the mother of James and John. So uh, James and John are disciples. Then there's Mary Magdalene, and according to Luke 8 and Mark 16, if you continue reading to the end of the chapter, it tells us that Mary Magdalene was the one who was delivered of seven demons. She was demon-possessed, but she met Jesus along the journey. They had a crossroad moment, and her life was forever changed. So she's one of these women who's like, let's, let's do this. Let's go. And then there's Mary, the mother of James. Verse 2, now we fast forward to Sunday morning. It's Sunday morning, and very early at sunrise, it tells us they're going to the tomb. And in verse 3, they're having this discussion. I don't know if you've ever left the house, and, and you kind of know where you're going, but you don't know all the details. This is kind of like that. They're walking. They know they're going to the tomb. They know that Joseph uh, would have rolled the stone because it says that they saw where he was laid. But then there's this discussion that comes up, and, and as they're walking, they're already en route. And then they go, uh, but who, who's going to roll away the stone? Who, who's like three women? I mean, it takes about five men or so to roll this, this stone away. Strong men at that. So three women would, even if we had three men, it still wouldn't be enough. We needed at least five. And so they're walking, but who's going to roll away the stone? They're carrying their spices. But the, the real question remains, who cares if you have spices if there's a huge rock in front? What, what are you going to do? And so they asked this question among themselves, but, but who will roll away the stone? And you see, the stone would roll down its sloping groove and slide into place. And it, it actually was guarding against any unauthorized entry, right? That's the purpose. No one should be in there. And they must have known how heavy the stone was. I mean, if they, if they had an eye experience a few days before, they would have known this is a heavy thing and that three women wouldn't be able to move it. And in verse 47, uh, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, they, they would have seen it and they would have known. And they should have thought about this important detail before they left. I'm sure you would agree. It's like, okay, great, you bought the spices. But before we start, how, how are we going to do this? But it's funny that they didn't. I don't know about you, but in life sometimes, have you ever found yourself going somewhere? You're not quite sure why. You're not quite sure of the details. You just know you have to go. I pray that the Holy Spirit would lead us in our week. We like to have church here. I like to say church starts when we say amen and walk out the doors. And church happens Monday to Saturday. And I pray that you might be going to work, but maybe God is actually has a different plan while you're on your way to work. So they're kind of going, and I do that. I pray, Lord, 
today, bring me a godly disruption, interruption, that I might be able to be used by you in a significant way or in a special way somehow. But I just, I set on my way. And these women, they should have thought about how are they going to do it, but they just knew that they had to be going. And they didn't go empty-handed. They knew they had to carry their spices because they wanted to honor the Lord in this way. That's not, I don't have gas, by the way. That's the water in the tank emptying out, in case you're wondering and you hear a sound. Um, and it says that in verse 4, the stone was rolled away. When they got there, the biggest question was, who's going to roll the stone away? And as they get there, they see and they say, the stone's already gone. The stone is already gone. So my question for you today was, is this. Was the stone rolled away for Jesus to get out? Or was it rolled away for the ladies to get in? Think about that and let it settle in here and then in here. Was the stone really removed for, for Jesus to get out? Or was it removed so that these women could go in and witness the biggest miracle that they've ever seen, which is the resurrection of Jesus. And so they, they had access now. They, they were able to walk in. But you see, it also tells us in John 20, 26, the story with doubting Thomas, where Jesus is now appearing. This is a little later uh, when he shows up to the disciples. There's still Thomas who doesn't believe it. He's like, I'll believe it when I see it. And Jesus walks through the door, right? So I don't know if that stone really had to be removed for Jesus to get out. I think it's more so that eyewitnesses can walk and say, oh my goodness, wh where, where is Jesus? And you see, God, God does things like that. He removes obstacles from your way to amaze you, to lead you to awe and wonder and say, wow, God, you truly are amazing. In verses 5 to 7, we come to this angel that's kind of sitting in there. Remember, the stone's gone. They walk up. They walk in now. And they notice, oh, who's that? Is that Jesus? But, but they recognize that there's this man or this being. And in verse 5, I want to just go there for a second. It says, when they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they're afraid. But scripture tells us in verse 6, but, but then the angel spoke. So we understand this is an angelic being. He was actually waiting there to give instructions to them. And he says this, tell his, meaning Jesus' disciples and Peter, go. Go tell them the news. Go. And Jesus, I want you to know, he said, go and wait for me and I'll show up. Jesus kept his appointment with them. Did you know that? Jesus kept his appointment, and when he said, wait for me, I'm going to show up, he actually did. In Mark 14, verse 28, but after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. And sure enough, that's what the angel was telling them. Tell them to go. Tell them I'm risen. Tell them Jesus is risen, and I'm going to meet them there where I said I would. And the angel gave them those instructions. When it's important, I think, in this story, women were the first witnesses of Christ's resurrection. I don't know if you pay attention enough to, to care or to notice, but 
women were the first witnesses of Christ's resurrection. And why is that a factor? Why is that important? It's important since the testimony of women as witnesses was not always given credence in the first century context. They, they wouldn't really have a testimony or a voice to share. But in this instance, they're the first eyewitnesses. And if you read verse 9 of our chapter in Mark 16, it also tells us that that was the angel who told them the good news, right? They saw the tomb. But who saw Jesus first? Mary Magdalene. The woman who was possessed by demons received one of the greatest sights her eyes would ever behold, the resurrected Jesus. She was sad, thinking, my Savior who delivered me is not here. And Jesus said, here I am. And then he said to her too, go, go and tell the others. And guess what? They didn't believe her. They didn't believe her message. Who knows? They probably would have said, well, if she had demons once, she's probably crazy again. Who knows? But I want you to know the work that Jesus does in you, it has enough power to last a lifetime. I want you to know that. And when Jesus cleans you up, guess what? He has a plan and a purpose for you. And so he, he goes and Jesus first presents himself to Mary Magdalene. And he says to her now, go, go and tell the others what you have seen. You see, there was a man sleeping in the cabin. There was a man sleeping in the cabin. The light filled the room. And Jesus appeared and he saw Jesus. And Jesus says to the man, he said, I have work for you to do. I have a work for you to do. And he said, there's a large rock outside of your cabin. And all I want you to do is to push the rock. I want you to push the rock. So the man said, sure, I'll, I'll serve and I'll do, I'll do what you ask. And he served and did this day after day. Many years he toiled from sun up till sun down. His shoulders were set squarely against the massive boulder. And he would push and push with all of his might, but the rock never moved. Though he pushed with all of his might, he basically said, what's the point? I feel like this is in vain. And guess what? Seeing that he was a little discouraged, the enemy, Satan, thought this was a good moment to enter the picture. And just like the devil is good at doing, he placed these thoughts in this man's mind. He said, You've been pushing a long time. The rock hasn't moved. What's the point? Why are you killing yourself over this? You're never going to move the rock. The stone's never going to move. And it gave him the impression that the task was too hard or impossible and that he himself was a failure. And these thoughts stayed with him here. And they discouraged him to the point and he was so disheartened that the man said why am I killing myself every day he started listening to that voice why am I killing myself over this you know what I'm just gonna give the minimum amount of effort every single day that should be good enough and that's what he planned to do until one day the man actually made it a matter of prayer and he took these thoughts his troubled thoughts to the Lord and this is what he said he said, Jesus, I've labored long and hard in your service. All this time, I've not even budged the rock, not even half a millimeter. 
what's wrong and why am I failing? And Jesus, like a faithful man that he is, full of compassion, didn't just say, well, too bad, I just said to push it. No, with compassion, Jesus would then respond to this man saying, yes, long ago when I asked you to serve me in this way and you accepted, he's like, I remember. And I told you the task I had for you was simply to push against the rock with all your strength. And that you have done. You have done it. Never once did I mention that I expected you to move the rock. Your task was simply to push. And now you come to me, your strength spent, thinking that you have failed. But is that really so? And Jesus says, look, look at yourself. Look at your arms, how strong they are now. Look at your back. Yeah, it's tanned because of the sun from, from being outside every day. But look at your legs. See how much stronger they are from pushing every single day. And he's, Jesus goes on to say to him, through opposition, you have grown much. And your abilities now far surpass what you were able to handle before. And he says, look, you haven't moved the rock. Your calling wasn't that. Your calling was to be obedient, to push and to exercise your faith and trust in my wisdom. And he says, this you have done. And you know what Jesus says next? He says, my friend, now I'm going to move the rock for you. And this is what Jesus does. And you see in our story, the women started on their course with that question. Who will roll away the stone? And they never had to lift a finger. All they had to do was carry their spices. Carry their spices and be faithful to honor the Lord. And you see today, you might be here and the stone in your life represents the obstacles that are between you and Jesus. You and Jesus. You might be here today saying, well, wh what about the stone of my sin and the immense weight that I feel when I think about it? God will take care of that. In fact, he already did when Jesus died and rose again. He defeated the power of sin, death, hell, and the grave just for you. All, you might say, well, what about the stone of my broken marriage? God will take care of that. Or well, what about the stone of finances? That's a hard one, pun intended. God will take care of that too. Well, what about the stone of my rebellious child and how they're wayward and far from God? I want you to know that before you ever loved your children, God loved them way more than you did. And God will take care of that stone as well. What about the stone of shattered dreams? I want you to know that God will take care of that too. He is the one who, who births the dreams inside of your heart to begin with. He knows how to put new ones there or he knows how to restore the broken pieces of the dream and make it even better than it was before. What about the stone of fill in the blank? You can fill in the blank for yourself. I want you to know that God can take care of it if you let him. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet on this Resurrection Sunday.
And here's what you have to be able to do. You don't have to move the stone, but you have to be obedient. Faithful obedience is all that God requires. And you just go and you carry your spices. You just go. You don't have to worry about who will roll away the stone anymore. Just be faithful and just carry your spices. Be faithful and carry your spices. But I don't know what's going to... Be faithful and carry your spices. God has asked you to push, but He is the one with the ability to move the stone. And I'm so glad today that He has. Can you say amen today? Listen, you might be here and you might say, you know what? I've been pushing a long time, but I just maybe today need to consecrate myself afresh and anew to God. Maybe you've been battling and you are tired and you need some people just to come around you and to pray for you. Say, don't quit. To just to give you a word of encouragement. Don't quit. Don't stop fighting. Don't stop pushing. But we're going to see the day when God will remove the stone and move it from you, from your path. Maybe you're here and you feel like that. As the worship team is just playing and they're going to minister, I invite you to come to these altars today. And we're just going to come around you and pray for you and let Jesus do his work in your life. Amen. This is what we want to see happen today. My heart for you is that you find his heart. And that's the whole reason why we have church. That's the whole reason why we exist as the church, is that we would point to Christ. And that on, on this wonderful Resurrection Sunday, you wouldn't just say, well, the music was good. It seemed like everyone was pretty happy. But that you can leave with a lasting joy today that no one can rob and no one can take away. God's joy comes irregardless of the situation that you find in front of you. And God will take care of the situation, but He can give you joy in the midst of that journey. So as the worship team ministers, I'm going to come to the front, but would you just come and meet me if you want prayer? And we're going to close out the service with a worship song in just a moment. But if there's anyone here, I don't want this opportunity to pass. But if you want prayer and you just want encouragement today, we are here for you in Jesus' name. We're going to wait a few moments in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.